Promises are being made, and when we talk about affordability, one of the things that people talk about is how unaffordable it is to get into a home. Uh, September the 12th, the, uh, Justin Trudeau, the Liberal Party leader, had promised an expansion of the first-time buyer's incentive program, and he basically pledged that this would increase from $120,000 from people that made $120,000 to uh, people that made um, $150,000. They would uh, uh, qualify for this program now. And yesterday, Andrew Shear made a promise, and he said that he'll review the so-called stress test and help first-time buyers get approved mortgages and allow people to take out longer mortgages for lower monthly payments. Currently, it's at 25 years. He wants to raise that to 30 years. Um, Rabina ahmed Hawk is our 640 Toronto personal finance expert. Welcome to the show, Rabina. Hi, thanks for having me, Kelly. Thanks for being here. Now, uh, I heard the announcement yesterday, and I thought, boy, i gotta, I got to take some time out here. I've got to look at this, because I didn't... There was something that, that struck me as risky about it, and he, Shear says he will review the stress test, even says he'll fix it, But as vague as that is, the fact that he's talking about it to me is concerning because as an arm's length financial regulator, the OSFI is supposed to be insulated from political meddling. So is he really planning to overstep the authority or is he just blowing political uh, smoke? What's your take on it? Um, You know, not being a political analyst or a political expert, I would say that he's trying to get some people to vote who might be feeling that they have been shut out of the housing market and, you know, the stress test has, you know, caused them to not be able to buy a home that they want to buy and taking away the 30-year mortgage for insured mortgages um, has also, you know, um, put some roadblocks in the way. Um, You know, the stress test was brought in for a good reason. People were in Canada, especially in cities like Toronto, borrowing too much. And the problem is, is that even though now we're sitting in a situation where we don't see interest rates rising, for the foreseeable future, uh, but when interest rates do rise, if you're sitting on a massive, you know, five, six, seven hundred thousand dollar mortgage, even you know a quarter of a percentage point or half a percentage point can mean the difference between you affording to pay all your bills that month mm-hmm. or being short a couple of hundred dollars, and that's what you know, the stress test is trying to protect. So I don't know whether he would have oversight to have that taken away because it was brought in for good fiscal purposes to keep people in check when they're borrowing money um, and to make sure that banks are not um, taking advantage of the fact that some people are willing to go the distance to get that dream home and not worry about the future and their finances. Let's talk about amortization changes because longer amortization periods do result in lower monthly mortgage payments. But that is only because you're spending the loan out, you're spreading the loan out uh, over a longer period. In other words, rather than paying mortgage off in 25 years, now you can make it a slightly lower monthly payment for 30 years. And um, the argument is, more people are going to qualify as buyers because lower monthly payments will be more attainable, especially for first-time homeowners. Unfortunately, if you've got more people entering the market, doesn't that drive prices up? I mean, exactly. I mean, if you have more uh, money in your pocket that you can spend uh, on other things and you can stretch your dollar more uh, to show that you could make that payment and you stretch it out to 30 years, you can afford a bigger mortgage. So uh, full disclosure, I have a 30-year mortgage. And I'll tell you why I have a 30-year mortgage, because I make lump sum payments and I want to have control over the fact that, you know, I'm not going to take 30 years to pay my mortgage off. I just don't want the bank to demand that I pay them that much each month. And so my 
my prerogative is, is that, okay, fine, I've taken this 30-year mortgage, but we're probably going to pay it off in half that time. Uh, but in the meantime, I, you know, I can decide the, the months I want to make lump sum payments. That's just a side. So 30-year mortgages still exist, but you have to put more than 20% down. Um, what he is saying, what Andrew Shearer is saying, is that for those people who take insured mortgages, so those people who put less than 20% down to buy a home, can still take advantage of 30-year mortgages. And so that really does mean that banks are going to collect more interest from you if you do, in fact, take 30 years to pay that mortgage off. And on top of it, you're going to be paying CMHC insurance because you put less than 20% down. So that home that you might buy for five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars is going to cost you a lot more in the end when you calculate the interest and the insurance fees. Yeah, it, it sounds like a good idea, but you'll end up taking even more debt on and you'll be stuck carrying it for longer, all because politicians refuse refuse to learn from the past it's you know it's all like hey something shiny over here but would it not be a responsible practice for banks to have to show you when they offer your mortgage uh, say 25 year and a 30 year how much you're going to be paying an interest on this mortgage if you take it out and it's 20 years you take it out and it's 30 years wouldn't that be the responsible way to go because i don't think a lot of people understand how much they're paying in that uh interest and that's why I always encourage people that before they go to the bank and sign on the dotted line for that mortgage, to go into a mortgage calculator and stick in the numbers that you are being offered and how long you want to take to pay that mortgage off and truly understand how much interest you are going to be paying. And then also, like I do, put in some years where you do lump sum payments and see how dramatically right. lower your interest payments are. So every year we get an annual mortgage statement. A lot of people don't pay attention to it. You really should. It shows you exactly how much you put towards your principal and exactly how much you paid in interest towards the bank. And sometimes that is, you know, alarm bells go off. You're like, whoa, I paid more to the bank in interest than I actually paid down my house. And so that can sometimes kickstart people to do those lump sum payments or maybe call the bank and say, accelerate my payments, take more money out of my bank account because I want to pay less interest on this home that I own right now. So Liberal Party leader Justin Trudeau promising an expansion of the first-time home buyer, buyer's incentive program. He wants uh, to expand it to cover home values up to 789000 That's replacing the current cap of 480000 which is an, a joke if you're talking about the GTA to get into a house. Is his more feasible? So, you know, he really, when he came out with this home buyer's incentive, so, you know, full disclosure, I do not like the idea of the government owning your home. I mm -hmm. don't think that, I just don't like that idea. I think that if you're going to own a home, it's better to have incentives that help you afford your home. So if the government wants to help you, they should come up with programs like make your home more energy efficient and we'll give you this incentive, you know, this money back. Or, um, you know, other things that are going to make, make gas and, and hydro less, less expensive so that it makes homeowners' lives easier on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, owning 10% of your home, which is what this home incentives program does, after 25 years or if you sell your home, you will owe the government back that money. And the, the issue that I have with it is that a lot of people buy their first home mm -hmm. with, the, you know, with the idea that this home is going to rise in value, then I'm going to sell it and you know, pay the real estate fees and everything else that goes along with it, and then buy a bigger home, maybe my, you know, my dream home or my forever home, as we often call it. But if you do that and you still owe 10% of that home's value when you first bought it to the government, so say you bought a house for $600,000, you still owe sixty grand to the government. So not only are you paying all the real estate fees and the lawyer's fees and the taxes and the transfer to everything else that goes along with 
home home selling, you now have to pay the $60,000 bill back to the government. So that might delay down the road your dream of getting into, you know, your family home or something else. Because he's really talking about first-time home buyers getting into a condo, mm-hmm. or getting into a small home, uh, just to get their foot into the market. Um, I would recommend that, you know, you try to shop around for a home that you can actually afford, uh, make sure that you're getting the best interest rate or maybe spend a little bit of more time uh, actually saving for that down payment rather than taking advantage of a government program where they, they, they own part of your home. I, I don't know if I'd love that. So both the conservative and the liberal plans, incredibly limiting. The conservative plans, uh, you know, it, it seems short-sighted to me because you're just getting into more debt with Shear's plan and then uh, possibly he is increasing the housing, the cost of houses so you wouldn't be able to get in anyways if more people can get in there's you know fewer houses and so the price of housing goes up and then the the liberals plan incredibly limiting as well you can't get out of your house and go to a a bigger house it's it's kind of frustrating that (laughs) nobody's offered us a plan that will help us get into uh, our house what's the takeaway you know, they're really speaking to residents of Toronto, Vancouver, and Victoria. So the Vancouver greater area, Toronto greater area, and, you know, Victoria Island. Like, that's where home prices have become unaffordable for young people. And that's where you're going to get that narrative of, like, I can't believe that, you know, to get a to get into a semi, I need to spend $900,000, right? Whereas my family bought one for 80000 or whatever. You know, you hear these stories over and over again. But generally speaking, in Canada, housing is still quite affordable. And generally speaking, the interest rate is almost at rock bottom. So most people in Canada are able to afford homes, just not in those big cities. So my takeaway from it is that they're really trying to appeal to uh, those 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 residents of those cities that do feel shut out of the real estate market. Uh, I'm not saying don't take advantage of these programs. I'm just saying that if you do it, know exactly be what aware. you're doing and be aware and what you're getting yourself into. And as you're income increases, like say you take a 30-year mortgage, as your income increases, don't just take that 30 years to pay it off. Put some lump sum payments down. Reduce it. I mean, as soon as you are mortgage-free, um, you're not paying any interest um, uh, on any loan to, to own your home. And that is, you know, that's going to free up some real cash for you to do the things you want. All right. I'm going to leave it at that. Rabina, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much. Thank you. Cheers. That's Rabina Ahmed-Hawk. She is our 640 Toronto personal finance expert.